Hey guys, it's Ben. Thank you for checking out this message. If you want to hear more messages from Catalyst Church, just search Catalyst Church of Carrollton on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We hope this message speaks to you, encourages you. We hope it builds your life. We hope it builds you. We are for you. The best is yet to come. And if you want to give or donate to what God's doing here at Catalyst Church, you can go to IamCatalyst.net slash donate. The best is yet to come. We love you guys. Or some people in this place are trying to 
if they would have figured out and been able to try some things like the hunger and care, I'm just saying, it may get on my nerves, but I'm going to tell you, that's a exactly, That's a exactly how you come to your songs. That's exactly how you discover and develop what God has called you to be, to build, become your dreams, your ideas, your passions. It's how you create a path to your purpose and to walk in the will of God. You have got to be able to make mistakes. You have got to be willing to try. You have got to be willing to get messy. And to week two of this series of secret sauce, I told you, I promise you, we're going to get in the kitchen. I'm going to show you how to get in the kitchen. We're going to get in the kitchen. Week one, I told you, you got to believe you got it. And if you don't believe you got it, you ain't going to get off the ground. And those people don't, and they don't. And once you believe you got it, you got to learn to get in the kitchen and you got to work it out. My title today, week two of your secret songs, is Create Your Own. Create Your Own. I'm going to take you to Romans chapter 12. You lift your hands with me one more time. I know I made you lift your hands a lot. You don't have to do more of that this week. Lord, I just thank you, Father. Help us, help us speak right now. Help us be and build what you call us to be and build. Lord, we don't want to cover inside the lines that somebody else drew. That is not what you call us to do or be. You are the potter, we are the clay. Speak to me, speak through me, that your presence and your perspective and your love permeate this place, fill this place, and bust out of this place. Right now, we are focused, we are locked in. Do your thing, Jesus. Amen. These spiritual gifts and theology are called the motivational gifts. What they are is they are practical gifts. Paul is a genius. Paul is probably one of the most, if not the most, uh, influential person on Western culture, even though he grew up in like, the New Testament. Who's uh, teaching about 80 pages of content in a book that we would read now? Is his content and word count in the New Testament that he is still speaking today? And he gives in Romans chapter 12 what I'm about to read to you seven motivational gifts. Every one of us, I'm going to make it simple for you because it's real simple. Every one of us, when we walk in a room, we are wired a certain way. When you walk in a situation, you are wired a certain way. When you're in your family, your job, your makeup, you are wired to walk in that room, walk in that situation. And there are certain things that you notice and you look at in certain ways and you approach things in certain angles and vice versa. You do not approach in certain ways and certain angles because you are not wired like me and I'm not wired like you and you're probably not wired like your neck, like your wife or husband. And that's probably a good thing because you didn't get nothing done and you kill each other. So, you will be less dysfunctional as you learn to grow and understand how you function. And Paul is a genius. Romans chapter 12. Y'all ready for this? Tell somebody, say, I'm ready. We believe the word works if you work it in Catholic Church. We work it. Whether we like it or not, we work it if we trust it. Paul says, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with God's body. We are many parts of one body. Every one of us has a part to play. We are God's body, we are His children. We are God's children. So we are many parts of one body. We all have a part to play. I told you last week, you got the songs. 
Every one of us got the sauce. We have individual giftings and wildings and abilities and, 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 and sometimes disabilities because they express ability. And we belong to each other. You belong to each other. Tell your neighbor, say, I belong to you. I don't care if they're strangers, you belong to them. In his grace, watch this, in his grace, we do not deserve it. Grace is, grace is getting what you don't deserve, and it's an unearned gift. Every one of you has been given his grace. And it says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Tell somebody, say, he gave me some talk. Say it on yourself, say, he gave me some talk. Oh, he did, he did. And then he begins to split his just genius. God is supposed to be in my spirit. I told you, my vision's going to be in. I almost let the same one over. Maybe we didn't do it, my vision is So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Prophecy here is not talking about foretelling, telling a future, telling a past. No, no. Prophecy here is if you are, if you are gifted and your makeup is prophecy, you walk into a room, you walk into a situation, and you are able to see the big picture. You were able to see the hard things. You were able to not just see them, but speak to them. You were not afraid to confront things. There are no great pastors, there are no great leaders in the corporate world, in any other way that doesn't in some way have to give the prophecy. This is not a gift. These gifts don't have to be a Christian. They're called underpinning gifts. The Bible says that. You were gifted by His grace, whether you perceive it or trust it or not. It is your makeup. And if you have to get the prophecy, you walk into a room, you walk into your job, you walk into your marriage, you walk into your family, and you are able to set that light. You are able to have a helicopter view out of the forest, and you are not afraid to speak the truth to it. And when you do it by faith and not frustration, it's a gift. And Paul said, do it by faith. Now, you do it by frustration, you're going to be apologizing a lot. I get it, because I have those things I have to apologize a lot. Prophecy. If you're gifted serving others, Paul says, serve them well. By the way, do you got to read their Romans 12 this week? You think you're going to read their challenge? Be honest. I don't want to be honest. Yeah, I got to read it. Some of you got to do better. You got to do better. That was this past week's reading. Paul says, if you have the gift, if you're gifted serving, serve them well. If you are a servant and you are wise to be a servant, you walk into a room, a situation, your family, your job, you were not looking to see or say anything. You were act, actions oriented. You were looking to see what you could do and get your hands on because you're trying to help. And Jesus said all of us are called to be servants, but not all of us are gifted as a servant. I have to work really hard to serve my wife because she is naturally a servant. I'm naturally a words person. And so words don't mean nothing to her about to be done with. So, sorry, somebody just said somebody's husband needs to up their game. <laughs> a partner or somebody needs to up their game. I'm just saying, ancient but ancient, maybe I'm right now, too, especially Sebastian. I think I'm doing pretty good right now, baby. You're a servant, you walk into a room, you walk into a situation, you are looking for something to do. I can't tell you how many anonymous people have taken, I still don't know, have taken my trash out of my office for last year. And it wouldn't be taken out if they didn't do it. You come into a room, you try to easy things to get out. I'm like, why are you washing them windows? Because everybody else washing them windows out front. So many people make this church flow because you see something and you do it, you are a servant. Mamas, a lot of mamas, you just see the need and you don't go get it, you don't go do something about it. 
your excitement. That is your wiring. That is your wiring. And Paul says, if you are a teacher, teach well. Good teachers and coaches are teachers, but this goes beyond teachers and coaches. If you are a teacher, you walk into a room and you're able to see what's going on in the situation and you can help other people begin to adjust and see that. It is crazy. There's people in my family. Uh, uh, Jacob is one of my second son. He is just an incredible teacher. If Derek teaches him how to do something, or teaches him how to drive, especially, she needs to do it. There's nothing wrong. She will explain the symptoms, he will be less frustrated, it will take less time, and I will be less frustrated, he will be less confused, and I will be less pissed off. Jacob, there's been times that come in and explain one sentence, I just took 10 minutes and tried, and I couldn't do it. And I'm not going to tell an agent within growing up, I'm like, why can't I do that? You know what? I'm not a teacher. I can teach the Bible and tell you how you can feel all day, but when it comes to teaching and practicing, I'm not playing. You're able to explain things. You're able to make complicated things simple so that people can do something with them. You walk into a room and you're a teacher, Paul says, teach. Paul says, teach. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If you're an encourager, you walk into a room, you walk into a situation, and you piss everybody off because you see the positive and potential in everything and everybody, even when don't nobody see it. And they're like, let me have my trip, let me be negative and be pessimistic and be upset for like five minutes. But, but you are able to see and speak into somebody and their potential, and you are optimistic when nobody is because when you walk into a room, it is not a Situation, but you see what God can do. And I'm going to tell you right now, my encouragers, COVID-19 has sucked a lot of encouragers. This world, you need to see it because there's a lot of people you've all spoken people, you've all, and you need some encouragement in your life that's like, oh, God's still on the throne, he still loves us all. And Paul says, if you're an encourager, encourage. Encourage. If it is giving, Paul says, give generously. This ain't talking about just wealthy people that uh, wealthy people that like to stand up and give and not be noticed. That's a gift of giving. But some of you ain't got the money to give every you walk into a room and you're a giver, you see a need and you figure out a way to meet the need. So all my people that get pop up in your world. Because you know somebody's hurt. Your mama died, your daddy died. Uh, they just make a single mama, but they're going to suck. So the daddy sucks, baby daddy sucks. I don't know. I'm just saying, you figure out a way to meet the need. You will be gift cards together. You get gift cards together for somebody's hurt and they need some meals. You make it, you make it, you'll get a team of people. You are a giver. You're able to see the need. You walk in a room and begin to see the need and you figure out a way to make them happen. You follow me? So somebody say, I follow you, man. Actually, just tell me, I need some encouragement. Say, I follow you. I follow you. If God has given you leadership ability, leadership, take the responsibility seriously. Title doesn't make you a leader. I just want you to know you can have the title boss, manager, supervisor. You may can tell everybody what to do and get paid to do it. That doesn't make you a leader. What makes you a leader is influence. When people, whether you're in a great place and you're leading people to Jesus or you're at the bar every night getting drunk, people just gravitate to your table because God is giving you in His grace 
and gift of leadership. So people are attracted to your personality. They, you have a gift of leadership, and Paul says, take it. If people, if you have this gift of drawing influence and people gravitating and attracted to you and your personality, and what you have to say, you walk in a room and you're a leader, people look to you. They don't look to the situation. They're looking to you because they want a response. They want to know how you feel because you're a leader. And if he says, take it seriously, because it's a heavy responsibility to be a leader. It's heavy. And if you ain't taking it seriously, it will ruin you and everything around you and everybody. I've seen it. I've been this thing a while. He says, take it seriously. It's a gift. It's heavy. It's a gift. Lastly, number seven, Paul says that if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, kindness, mercy, empathy, this is the gift of hospitality, all those words, kindness to others, he says, do it. All of us are called to be empathetic and show mercy. Not all of us are given the gift of truly identifying with people and where they are. You walk into a room, you have the gift of kindness, of mercy, of love. You can make somebody know that you are there, that you are only focused on them. You have this gift of connecting right where they are. Everybody else wants to tell them how to do it and tell them how to get out of it. And you just have this gift of saying, I love you. And the only thing that matters in their life is that you said it and they experience the love and mercy because Jesus said so much and much mercy has been so much mercy has been given so too much mercy has been given much mercy is required and we have the gift of mercy every one of us alive with some of these qualities and gifts but not one of us have them all we have to convince them that we'll make it up before you can really get into the sauce, you gotta begin to know how you're gifted. How you're wired. How you're gifted. How you're wired. Here's what most people do. Most people spend their lives doing things. Most people spend their lives doing things that they're ever there, not passionate about, or not even called to do it, something like that. Or you do some good things. You've done some good things. Hey, you made some good friends. You got a great marriage. But how many of them are really your friends? Because you can do things that are very truthful, but not very fulfilling, and you're still like, that's not your sauce. You get it making somebody else's sauce. You get it living somebody else's calling, and hey, you got a lot of confidence, but you don't have a lot of confidence because you settle for spaghetti. Instead of creating your own. See, you were made in the image of God. See, God is created. You were made. You were God is created. Your creator is created. He made you. God says he made you in his image, which means you are. Yeah, it's pretty simple. I can get it because I can only get something like this. Everybody has something worth cooking. But you gotta find what you want to cook. Everybody has something worth cooking, but you gotta find what you want to cook. Everybody. You may not know how to, how to get there. I don't know where you are in life. You may not know what you may not know where to start. You may have been trouble and stuff. You may be old, young, in the middle, a little crazy, a little damaged, got a criminal record. You don't know if you got a lot of debt going on in your life. You're just like, I know that's good to know, but I don't know how to get there. I don't know where to start. I get it. It's encouraging. But how do I take steps? And I want to spend the rest of this message showing you how to put some sauces. Because if you will do my good and you are willing to get messy and make some mistakes, 
and you're willing to, to, to take some nastiness and get some, get some heart like yourself, I'm going to tell you, you'll find a couple of sauces in your life. You'll find some things that you're going to find in every part of your life. You'll be able to walk in anywhere, whether it's work, family, whether it's what you like, don't like. You don't even know what shows you don't like to watch on Netflix. I do. I can tell you straight up, maybe I'll watch this with you, but I'll hate it. <laughs> You gotta begin to fix yourself. You gotta begin to get in the kitchen. You gotta get in the kitchen. So I got six steps. Your bulletin said seven. Go ahead and mark out the last one because I'm gonna jump into that next week. Six steps that if you wanna apply this to your life, because the word works if you work it. Six steps. I don't care where you are in life. I don't care how old, young, broke, messed up, how many times you've been divorced. I don't care if you have had it. These six steps. Right here, if you will apply them, if you will add these ingredients to your life, these habits, to your current situation, I promise you, you will begin to discover, develop your sauce, whether you're married or not, whether you're broke or not, whether you're doing great, good, or even do bad, I don't know. I'm going to show you young people, if you'll listen to me, it'll save you a lot of time and planning. Middle-aged and young adults, I want you to know if you'll begin to build your life, your marriage, and your family on it now and start today, and we your life will be better than ever if you're willing to try it. Old people, you got to say, if you're open to good tricks, God's got some new ones for you. Y'all ready to get a kitchen? Y'all ready to get a kitchen? Because if you get to cook it, I'm talking to you guys got something for you because everybody's got something worth cooking. You ain't called to cook what I'm cooking. I'm not called to cook what you're cooking. If your wife or husband or partner, they may balance you, but they ain't called to cook the same thing, but together you can cook something bigger than yourself. I'm just saying, y'all ready to get in the kitchen? First thing is this. It's very simple. It's actually the basics, which is why we got to get back to the basics. It's it's as simple as salt. You don't put some salt in the sauce, it ain't going to Pray. Pray. My gosh, we are so disconnected in our society. Just pray. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, he said, keep on asking. Right? You pray. You need something. You pray once a week, once a month, once a year. You say your little prayer before dinner. You say you're great. Or you just act like you're I think you're thinking about that subway, really, because I don't do that. I think about subway. I love subway. It's cheap and affordable and healthy. Jesus said, keep on asking if you will receive what you ask for. Don't just pray. Don't just ask. and just keep on asking if you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking at the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, everyone who seeks, comes, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. If you're taking notes with me right now, you can write this besides the top prayer. Engage, invest. Engage, I love hearing those prayers. I love seeing y'all go. Y'all have no idea how happy it makes me. It's why we're here with your people. And those notes put in date, in date. Our entire family, whatever really happens in the moment, I'm not telling you right now. A whole thing happens in the morning. At the church, I probably went to a honey calls, a honey text, and you complain to me on Monday, I probably want more money too because I'm tired. And you probably don't get an answer in my life. I need Jesus, so money's a lot more. 
whole thing is coming from the back of the church to lunch. We're going to have a bunch of English clouds, and we're going to just throw them and just enjoy each other. The season that came in on the end of my life, we do not want anything from our family. So I, I, just want, I, I just want all my friends and all kids to know I don't want no gifts. We don't want no gifts. We won't steal. We may give you a gift and make great babies. We don't give them a lot of gifts, but still, we want you. When you understand parenting, we want our kids. We don't want anything from them. We want to enjoy them. We want them. God is the same way. He doesn't want anything from you. Connor read it in the Jews that being humble and humble and humble and humble and humble God doesn't want you to experience and enjoy his blessings. He wants you to enjoy his experience. He wants to enjoy his experience. And the season of gratitude, you need to begin to engage with him. You need to invest in him. Before I get real into the stuff that makes you feel good about yourself and encourage you and make somebody glad you had a lot listen to me, you need to read this. You need to read this. The reason that you've lost faith in any it's like any relationship, and not a strong relationship with God because you've lost touch with him. Your friend that you went to high school with, your family that you were, that your your mom or second mom or whatever that you were close to ten years ago, when you see them seven times in ten years, you lose touch. It's the same with God. In this season of gratitude, and that's a great discovery of faith. Engage and invest. You stop connecting. I'll be from the church once a month, once a year, and all of us come to church every Sunday, just check boxes. That's all you need to check boxes. You need to make it. Engage your creator. Because God will invest in you when you begin to invest in him. It may feel awkward and schizophrenic and precious because you won't touch. Or you've never been in church, and God wants to you to re-engage. It is the basics. It is the basics. It's how you build your life. If you, the, the, the young adults, you need to find a church that you love, you need to connect with them and connect with each other. What Connor said really matters. And you cannot go close to God if you don't have people who are going to go in the same direction as you. You gotta really engage. This world, we've got disconnected and we do our own thing and check our boxes and make our list. You have to connect with your creator. You have little faith because you've lost touch. Same in the church. I'm saying you go to church and lose touch. I did. We did. We did. We haven't just worked on the operations and the organization of Catholic Church the last year. We have done that. We have made a lot of hard decisions and made change a lot of things, and we will continue to do it, and God has honored it. But we have got back to the basics. We've been praying for revival in this church. We have been praying since last year hard. We have, you have no idea how many people have walked this auditorium. The last three weeks, I got back to the basics. I've been here about 25 minutes before I usually do. I walk the kids' building, both of the places that we have kids' ministry. I've prayed over that. I've always prayed over this. And you've got to start praying. And communicating. He loves you. He wants to connect with you. He doesn't just want to bless you. He wants to be with you. And if you want it, he's got it. We do. You hear it in the of songs. You heard a couple of them today. Think about the content of every song he's written since last year. Fire. I don't know, it's about what? The presence of God in the Bible. Uh, heaven come down. What do we say? We want more, we want more of you. Saturate. What is it about? That is what we're believing. We are going to keep on believing it. We are going to keep on asking, 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 keep on as
everyone praying, people are thinking, and we are seeing lives change in this church, marriages like we never had before, but we haven't seen anything yet because we're going to keep on bothering you. It's a thing for your life. Single mama, I know you're tired. Bring a talk to the love. Bring it today. She said, you know, when you ain't got nothing else to press, God just spoke to you this week and said, press on. Press on. Keep on, Jesus said. Keep on coming. You stop coming. You're coming. Come without your husband or wife. Bring the kids. Whatever comes in this altar every Sunday for however long it takes. Keep on engaging him. He loves you. And at some point, you will catch fire because he comes. What do you love? What do you give at? What do you love? Man, I'm not saying it's that. It's way better than anything that's in your head. No, it's not going to end all crazy. It's not starting much more. Evaluate what you love. What do you give at? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, he starts out, by the way, you'll find later, this is your reading assignment, uh, and to engage the word as a family with your spouse or whatever. This is it. So it's part of it, 1 Corinthians 12. Now, brothers and sisters, Paul says, I want you to understand about spiritual gifts, about your life. I want you to understand it. It matters. It's a real thing. It is the, the gifts that God has given you, the callings He's put on your life, the passions, the idea, the thoughts, all those things, the dreams that you may have gave up a long time ago, since you got set back so far. It's a thing. It's a recipe. It's for real. You were for real. God doesn't make crap. He made you, which means you are not. He says, I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to understand what stuff is about. What are you doing? If there was one thing I would want to do other than a preacher, pastor, or being a spiritual leader, if there's one thing I'll tell you this, it's a football player. It's not much. I got small hands. We have soft small hands. <laughs> and there's a lot more reasons that I would never be able to play football, but that's the one that comes to mind. I just got small hands. It's not an option. David was called to be king. Not everybody was called to be king. Some of you are trying to be a shot caller and be the boss, and you want to be an entrepreneur because entrepreneurial is sexy in this season, and you were not called to be a shot caller. You were not called to be a boss. You don't have leadership ability. You have more administrative ability. You were called to learn and produce, not to call the shots. And you were more trying to thrive in something because other people and pressure and people and expectations on you because you're very smart, but you're not operating in your gifted, and you are really messing yourself up. What are you doing? Think about it. Evaluate your life. It's a simple question, and, 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 and the options are endless. What'd you do that? You paint a tree, but you ain't good. So, sing in the kitchen, God, and chicken, not on the stove. Sing in the shower for his glory, make a joyful noise. No, don't do it in front of me. Sing in the shower for his glory, make a joyful noise. By the way, I've been saying I've been in the shower because every intro would be a written song. I've been wanting to with a rags and swinging my hands so y'all can feel it in my way. Thank you, Jesus. In his grace, he has given us certain abilities and not given us certain abilities. You're not a public speaker, but you can build. And you know, the world was built on the backs of my hands. Because I can motivate you, 
But I'm saying we were all people that we would have made this trip test time because I wanted this one place so I can't get nothing. Don't let me go my food. I'm going to the worst store. I'm going to the best one. You're building. You're not a public speaker, but you're a writer. You're an incredible writer. You have this ability to express yourself on paper and pen. And it's your gift. What is it? What is it? Oh, you got to put publicly. I'll put you in front of this crowd. So that was, Jenny did a great job, y'all. She, she hates that. If I did that too much, she may quit on it. I can't have that. But she did a great job. That's not her thing, though. You get her one on one, she can love her like you do. Then she's amazing. Which is why she only gets up here when I ask her to, because I'm not trying to love her all. That's not her difference. What is it? You don't like people. Probably you can invest in something or work somewhere when you're working with other people because you don't hate yourself and everybody else and everybody's going to hate you too. Or you are a people person, which means you need to invest in people. Now, I can sit up here and do this all day. But we have no It is your responsibility. It is your responsibility to invite your life and what you're good at, what you love. It's your responsibility to put time and effort and intention that way. And if you don't, you don't miss out on your best case and you're going to be really good at something you were never probably going to get at. Five things just tell him that you're going to be a pastor. The burning bush wasn't, hey, baby, can we talk some of you back there? Maybe I'm preaching to you on the house today. Real bad. I'm going to have pop flashes and little balls up with you. I'm going to turn them fast out. If y'all are cold nature, I'm sorry. Thank you, it's good. She's going to get away. That's the time to let's go. What was all that? Okay. God didn't tell Ben. God didn't tell Ben you're going to be a pastor. The burning bush is Moses' experience. It's great. But I can't explain what I was talking about earlier. And then things just happen. Some people are like, well, you're supposed to be on time and then it's today. But the house of most people have to wait. Well, you're not. And I was an unusual kid. I'm still an unusual adult, but still. I was not afraid to try new things. I was, I was very intentional, but I'm not paying attention. Don't ask me why I could ask me a week or two and say, how in the world did you become like that? I don't know. Guys, buddies, I don't know. They don't know everybody's nerves. It's like Dr. Derrick and all those sauces. But it's not now. And so, seven or eight years old, it didn't just happen. I thought I was going to be a counselor for a minute. Then I thought I was going to be a motivational speaker. And then over time, because I tried a lot of things that I don't have enough time to tell you about today, I tried these things and I had this moment, this very supernatural moment, like I just I was called or whatever you call it or whatever, but it was a process to get there. I paid attention. I was trying things. I, I wasn't afraid to try until at seven. And I mean, let's afraid at 37. I will make people mad. I, I, I will make people uncomfortable. They may run, but I have figured out if you ain't willing to get messy and make mistakes, and then things in my life, if I'm not learning and making mistakes, I'm not growing. I can spare me that makes some mistakes. If things are just booming and we're not trying to have to hit some things that on and running, we ain't truly growing because when you get to cooking, it's dirty. It's messy. And I was like that as a kid. I can tell you some funny stories. I've got time to tell them. But I'm going to tell you, young people get off Xbox. Quit doing that all summer and all day. Begin to evaluate your life. Adults, stop trying to get a husband and a wife and begin to evaluate your life. What do you love? What are you good at? Because you're going to walk in the house and marry somebody, but you don't even know yourself, so you don't sure don't know them. Take your time, but be intentional. Pay attention. 
I tell Garrett, I'm like, it's a good thing. That's cool. Have fun, enjoy the season, pay attention. Now he's got older siblings, and he's got a bunch of sisters now, because all of them are down there. I say, pay attention to your brothers, pay attention to us, pay attention to your sisters, pay attention to what people are doing. Does anything resonate with you? Don't waste your life. When you waste your time, you are wasting your life. And you need to take it seriously what God has created you to invest in. And I ask him about once a month, and he says, what did you go play me? No, I'm going to stop playing Xbox. Like the license, you may not get it at 18, but you better pay attention and fix it, boy. I don't care if you're 50, 60, 70. If you don't begin to discover what your soul says, if you don't start looking at your wallet and your personality, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss your soul. And that's basically you're going to cover something somebody else is already doing. Everybody's got something worth putting in. Because you've got to find what you're going to do. Tell somebody's got to put it in. Work what you got, where you are. Faithfully and carefully. Faithfully and carefully. I love the principles in the Bible that are really like part of the and pray, pray, but they apply to everything in life. In Judges chapter 3, it says this about Ehud. Doesn't say much about the moon, but I was teaching Shamgar. Doesn't say much about the moon, but it says this after Ehud, Shamgar, son of Anak, rescued Israel. Here's what it says about it. He once killed 600 Philistines with an ox goat. Doesn't say much about the dude after that. This guy apparently was either going to get killed by Philistines or he was going to swing what he got from what he was. And he got the one tool that he was able to pick up, an ox goat. Don't even know what that is. Like I said, I have a mouth, I'm going to do it. He just went to swing. And one day we killed 600 people. There are so many principles that was. Listen to me. I don't know what's in your name. You may not like it. You may not like your job. You may not like the amount of money you don't have. You may not like where you are. Your kids are killing you and you don't even have any help with them. But I'm going to tell you, you need to begin to work fiercely and like where you are. You need to begin to swing. You need to swing whatever you got. You got no money, you got no peace, you know what? So you can still get out of bed. And you can get up and go for it. And you can get up if you don't have a job. You can start getting up and believing that God's got something for you. But you better start swinging your box though right now, or you're going to get to the next season and not get anything out of this season, or you're going to get stuck in this season because you didn't swing your way out of it and you went through the motions and you got a superficial relationship with God, you have faith, but you haven't done much with your faith, and you need to swing. I know you're tired, I know it's a tough season, but you need to swing your hostel. If you if you got no money, you got no, no single people, swing it right now. Swing it and cut it on down. Swing it and then just for things that you can't even pass the SAT. Well, I don't think that's is a past thing, but still, you get what I'm saying. I saw him at work and I felt it. I still went to college because God made a way when I started swinging. Swing. Because I promise the next season will be better and you'll be better for it if you start swinging right now rather than letting it run. Zechariah chapter 4 says this. This is the sauce right there. You want to make the sauce? This will do it. Zechariah 4 says, Do not despise these small beginnings. I love that part. Can you say that when you say these small beginnings? These small beginnings. 
Don't stop the school. Don't stop the school. Don't stop the court and walk around and take shortcuts to them. And get what you get to a marriage, get shorts, you're broke. And that's okay. Don't stop it. Don't despise the citizens of Randy Williams. I'm talking to sit here and walk this way. Don't despise it. Don't despise the long hours and late nights and long seasons. Don't despise those small things. Don't despise them. Don't despise them. Don't walk around it because I'm going to tell you something. That's where the magic small things. The things that you literally think you're going to stay stuck in forever. And maybe you have because you ain't going to change it. But don't despise it. Make the most out of it. Because I'm going to tell you this. I found Jesus. I'm the man I know today. The best parts of me as a leader, as a father, the best parts of me as a communicator, everything that I've built my life on, the foundation was built in these small beginnings. Can you say that we can say these small beginnings? small beginnings. I'm going to tell you when I was, the, the things that I did now, that I am really, really good at, I learned how I created my process. And those big small beginnings, when I didn't have time, I paid time. Because in the small beginnings, when you don't have time, you make time for what's important. You figure out a way. You figure out a way to swing it off. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you one thing. It's the small beginnings. If you look at my documents of everything from my class to communicate, I'm a communicator. I can't read it from the list of the information I can't read you. I learned not like this year. My document, I looked up this week, my document, document on some of my business study uh, is, uh, and I, I, I don't know if it's over, but I, I'm very intentional about uh, collecting thoughts and ideas as 49 pages. Just for this right now. I learned that and did that when I got a job and didn't have the time. I have documents for our chat, weaknesses, strengths, where I think they're going to get promoted as we go into a horse farm. I keep it. I keep it close. I learned that process when I was going to Walmart. Cross office. That's the business. I don't want to go to church. They think I am. They think I'm right now. But this is that's why I'm wired. I'm more extra. I'm more extra. I'm more extra. I've been preaching. I've been preaching. I've been away. I've been out of Alabama because you know there were several years in my twenties and late teens. I got started. I had a job. I still had to work at Walmart. I had worked over years and I was working church doing what I'm doing today, not getting paid, and, and then for years barely getting paid, and have to work at Walmart so I get paid, and going and playing Santa Claus. By the way, I played Santa Claus for six years. I was a lot heavier. Last time you ever had, but if you got a kid, if you got a kid from 2006 to 2012, they're probably grown now, and they got a picture of Santa at Walmart, and at Walmart. I'm not going to tell you for that. <laughs> I made fun of those guys all these years. Now I'm a dominant. And you got a picture of a Santa with a little Great Santa, but it was me. <laughs> I was exhausted. I got surgery now, so I don't cross part of that. You get older, you think I can get insurance and take care of yourself more than you do, but if you don't, please do it. Those years I was struggling, those years I preached my dad's funeral, and I literally stood on the stage and I learned my craft of communicating and things like that, where I'm literally questioning everything I believe by helping everybody believe it. Those seasons where people were holding me back, it took me a lot longer to get there. And I thought those are the small beginnings that Jesus said that he would pay for the little things, but trust me, right? Work where you are, and let you die, faithfully and fiercely. 
because there's no humans are making a man or woman responsible. And then it gets you there. If you will just be faithful right where you are, where you're getting planted, be faithful. When the season begins, be faithful with the people that don't really see you. Be faithful right now. God will work. Be faithful. Tell somebody, say, I'm ready to cook. I'm ready to cook. Get really good at what you're good at. Get really good at what you're good at. I'm going to work through this pretty quick because I'm preaching it. Get really good at what you're good at. Paul told Timothy, he said, the spiritual son used to get you out, which was given to you with prophecy when the group of elders laid their hands on you. They spoke it over you, the prophecy, the prophecy, prophecy, speaking the truth in somebody. Continue to do those things. Give you a life to do it. The Bible says that. I know the church has to expose itself out. So your progress may be seen by everyone. Paul tells his spiritual son because he dies. Timothy didn't even go over Paul around. He died. He was bringing up Paul down his own sisters. Timothy was way more. And he says, know yourself that what you're doing. You need to look. The things you love, you need to begin to. Don't play your weak. Don't compensate for your weaknesses. Play your strengths. When you apply for jobs, just look at the job. It can be a smaller job. And the young people, don't work a job just to check the box and get a paycheck. Begin to work at something that will at least develop the things that you love over time. Walmart did that for me. Do not apply for promotions that do not help you in the things that you love or do at least as a rapid step towards what you what you want to do and want to be. Don't do it. Walmart did that for me. Walmart helped me with people's skills and the messages in ministry. Oh, I know exactly what they want to me. Y'all, y'all all people watchers. You got to watch people do stupid stuff. Don't have that. No, I want to sit with my back towards everybody because don't think about surprise me. I am the people. Yeah, I Walmart taught me that. Look, if you are look, if you are an entrepreneur, you think if you want to see yourself doing a business and you think that sounds cool if you start a business, look, you better start geeking out the leadership. I've been doing that the last three years because I got a weight on it. I've been, I've been reading, you know what? I've read books of more than about how many hours in the last three years. I've read ridiculous books about culture, building culture and leadership. If you want to start something, you want people to, to buy in and work for you and build something, and you want the flexibility, you better be reading books on management and leadership. If you want to be, if you want to be a mechanic, well, you better get that. You better get dirty in that kitchen right now with your daddy, your mom, your uncle. I don't know who it is. I'm just saying, get in there. But if you want to invest other people's money and you go a finance, you better in, invest your learn the principles. My brother, man, he the last several years, he has just poured himself into that stuff. And I don't know if he's going to do it for a living, but I'm telling you, you always know how to grow something and grow in his life because he poured himself into it. Whatever you love, the things that you love, begin to fill yourself out. Tell somebody, say, I'm ready to go. Hang out with people, hang out with the people that are better than you and make you better. Solomon says it very simply. He says, the righteous choose better treasures. I'll tell you this, insecure people, to really go ahead and make you lay out to you, insecure people uh, surround themselves with people who are beneath them, who they can control and persuade and go back in, or they try, they, they try to change and chase those other people. Can we say that again? Okay, one way down. Insecure people surround themselves with people that they can persuade, wheel back in, or they chase and try to change those other people. 
you do not need all yes people in your life, you do not need all no people in your life. You do not need happiness people in your life. You need motivated people in your life. Solomon was a trillionaire. He said that the righteous choose your friends carefully. You better choose and take some gifts from you. You better love anybody real well because you know everybody just take from you what you want to take. And I'm going to tell you this. Um, you need people that balance you, that believe in you, that challenge you, that bring the best out of you. Here's the thing. I want to say this. If you can write this down because this is good. You will not be better than the people you surround yourself with. Once you know, you'll never be better than You will never be better Right in the Bible, because it's in the Bible, by the way, it's the principles of all that. You will never be better. Your life will never be better than the people you surround yourself with. But if you surround yourself with people better than you, excuse me, but you will be better if you surround yourself with people better than you. You will never be better than the people you surround yourself with. But if you surround yourself but you will be better. I need to get my own good words. I'm But you will be better than I. So write that one down. What's up? I can write that. I just love I'm done. You get the point. It's a metric. I'm done trying. It's a metric when you get the right people in your life. It is a metric, guys. It is not easy on the front end. But when they break up with you, when they leave you, when they don't like you, when they give you an open, give them an open, I'm telling you, it is a metric. Don't wait till you're older to learn. It is painful to be selected and then you invest in your relationships. But it is a lecture. It will change your entire life when you're surrounded with people around you. I know because I got This ain't good. What you see in the last the three months or what you're going to see the next three, this ain't good. This is the people around me. This whole thing. We built this church on Sundays and it didn't work. Then it's a lesson. It'll change everything. And if you will begin to apply these principles, I'll tell you this. If you will begin to make room for your gifts, your gifts will make room for you and your gifts will work for you. It will work for you. Solomon said that many gifts man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great. You begin to discover and develop your sauce. It takes a long time. But it's so worth it. When you begin to discover your wildness and what God has called the spiritual gifts and your makeup, and you begin to work in it, get in the kitchen and cook it and make some mistakes and, and miss out on some things. And honestly, some cheeses you don't eat much. You don't make much money, but you got to enjoy those small beginnings. You got you to grow from what I'm going to tell you. If you will begin to do these things, your gifts will make room for you and it will work for you. Your thoughts will not just turn, they'll turn the inside of us. God will close doors that are meant to shut, and He will shut doors that are meant to open. He will blind you to the wrong people, they will break up with you, they will not promote you, and He will open the eyes and put you in proximity of the right people, and He will bust doors and God open. If your gift will work for you, Sit on the sidelines and be thankful that you'll get the game of things with young people. It, I'm just, it may be getting out of the school or the team you're in because you're faithful and somebody goes to buy something even though you need a five star or two because you never got a chance to get it. Your gifts will make room for you. And next week I'm going to jump into the, the motives and heart behind 
Because your motives and your reason why you're doing it is off if it's off. People get a little hectic and a little thing for the next week, but right now, I want to just watch that part. Now, I want you to know Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. Can you trust that? Can you trust that? Can you trust that? Listen, I know I got some people that are tired and they're broken. Struggle. I got some people you can put it together. You look put together. You look like you're real put together, but you just carry a lot of pressure. I'm going to tell you, you're young, but no way I'm going to be the time. I know. I'm still young, but I carry things on the record and I'm going to trust And I want you to know, do you trust that he loves you? Do you trust him enough to get the picture? Do you trust him enough? I got to talk to a guy this week. He, he got everything taken from him. More than anybody in this room. More than anybody in this room that's taken from him. And he said, that's where I found Jesus. Gracefully broken. Gracefully broken. He said, the reason I found Jesus is because everything else was taken from him. I know this man not even believe. Can you just stand your feet right now? I know this man not even believe. You may be so messed up that you can't even really know what you believe about God anymore. You've gotten so hurt about people. You have gotten so messed up in church. You've gotten so messed up in your job. You've gotten busy checking boxes. This is a lot for you to process. But I want you to know Jesus loves you. But then you trust him enough to begin to get the kitchen, to begin to keep on taking, keep on playing, keep on knocking, to begin to do it on Monday because we show you how to do it on Sunday. But Sunday's our job because I'm going to tell you, he loves and if you will get the picture, you will see this glory. If you will begin to do these steps that I gave you, you will see this glory. So we're just about to work, so. Just before we go out of here, I'm going to make sure that I'm not here about five minutes ago, but it's all right. We're just going to work, so. I want to tell you how to keep coming. You can do this in the shower. You don't have to have a plan that color made and you can say, you can say, you may not say on stage, but you can say in the shower. You can say when you got no money. You can say you can pray, whether you can read the Bible or not. You can read the Bible and just know he loves you even when you don't understand the Bible because you just started reading it. You got to learn it. Because if you don't get in the kitchen, God, you are going to miss it. And he loves you, but you don't want to miss it. He wants to blow your mind that person. Whether you're old, young, or in between, he wants to blow your mind. And so I want us just to worship together. If you want to come up there, I'll pray for you. If you want to just get in on your feet, you can just bow. So whatever you want to do, I'm going to visit you. And you make your chair an altar. If you just want to lift your hands out on the wood, just give me a second. I'll pray if you want to pray. About the other. If you want me to pray for you, I'll be from out there. I just want to get space on you. You didn't want anything like you. Just want to get space for them. Because this is where you find them. In the moments where you don't play anything, in the moments where everything looks out of place, this is how you find them. We'll just watch it together. We hope today's message spoke to you. If you want to know more about Catalyst, you can go to IamCatalyst.net. And we'd love to have you in the room one Sunday. God is for you and so are we. We'll see you next time.